Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. A reading from the first letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to know a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a true and faithful teacher of the Gentiles. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we are gathered here to hear your word read and proclaimed, I humbly pray that you speak to our hearts. Speak to our souls in words that are so clear that we would know just what we are to do, who we are to be. So that when we leave this place, that we are doers of your word, not just merely hearers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. So call it an occupational hazard or just my greatest opportunity, but I go to a lot of events and I get to pray at all of them. Now this started when I should have known this was gonna happen. When when I was in college and I announced to my fraternity brothers one day in October that I had gotten into seminary and that I was going to be a minister and so I had sort of my future mapped out while the rest of them were still putting together resumes. Immediately from that moment on, I got to say grace every night at the fraternity house. Not that my prayers made Meg Kimmel's chicken that much better or that amorphous meal of noodles and butter and bacon and Italian dressing was that much healthier for us. My prayers just became something I got to do. I go to meetings and I get to pray. I go to fundraisers, I get to pray. I pray over golf tournaments. Even when I coached a soccer team in Thomasville, North Carolina at the high school as an assistant coach, the head coach looked at me and said, you get to pray for us before every game. And I thought, why the whole church and state thing gone? I don't mind doing it, don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun, but even in one of those occasions where I was praying and we got done, someone looked at me and said, wow, It's like you've done this before. I think we've done it once or twice in our lives, and especially for ministers. 
But when we pray, we think about why do we pray? I mean, we know why we pray before meals. We give thanks for the bounty that God has given to us. Maybe when we pray for meetings, we're asking for God's wisdom or God's guidance. Maybe we pray because we just think we're supposed to. I think we pray because we think it makes a difference. Whatever it is that we're praying before, we think that if we invoke God's presence, God's spirit, God's focus on that assembly, that it will make a difference. You see, when we pray, we're doing something very specific. It's a very specific act of hope, of faith, acknowledging God's power in the world around us. When we pray, it's a very specific ritual that we do, is it not? So we have Paul, he's writing his letter to Timothy, a young minister that he's mentored. And so Paul is writing him again, sort of in the role of this father of faith, this wise elder, this mentor to his protege. He's instructing Timothy how he as a young minister should lead the church he's been charged with. It's a letter that every young ordinan should pull off and read several times as they go into their new church to think about this. But what I love in the section that we read today that Camille shared with us is that Paul is telling Timothy to pray for all people, but especially for the rulers and the authorities of the land, to pray for godliness and for the gospel message. This belief that Christ is our mediator and hears all of our prayers and answers them according to God's will that our prayers can make the world a better place. But he's not just writing to Timothy, is he? He's really writing to us. No matter what our profession, no matter what our stage in life, he's writing to us, encouraging us to pray, to encouraging us to pray for a better world. And for that to happen, we too can heed Paul's words to pray for our leaders, to pray for the world in which we live, for our society, and to pray for all of God's children to come into relationship with Christ. For us to make the world a better place, that we're to pray for our leaders, to pray for the society, and to pray that people come into a relationship with Christ. I mean, it's what Paul is telling us to do this morning. Laura Leffler tells a story that back a few years ago, she was at the early morning service, the 8.45, 8, 9 o'clock service, whatever time it was, the early service at St. John's Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C. And she's there and she's uh, in worship and she's flipping through the bulletin. She hears the guy behind her flipping through the bulletin and sort of muttering under his breath, sort of chuckling a little bit, and they get to the passing of the peace. And in the passing of the peace, she has that star-struck moment. She greets the people in front of her, the peace of Christ with you. It's so good to see you this morning. And she turns to the person behind her, and lo and behold, she is staring President George W. Bush right in the face. The peace of Christ with you, she says. He says it back to her, and just before they go to communion, because they passed the peace and then went down the aisle for communion, she said, Mr. President, I want you to know that I pray for you every day. And he smiled warmly and he said, thank you so much. 
That is such a special gift that you give me. Thank you so much. You see, he spoke the truth because to be prayed for is a special gift. But I think it's vitally important to be praying for the leaders around us, for leaders in all aspects of our lives. I mean, we know that organizations, businesses, governments, countries, they all take their direction from the person at the top. Those leaders bear a tremendous burden of responsibility to set the tone, the vision, the culture of whatever unit they are leading. And so if we come in this room thinking and knowing in our heart that prayer has power, imagine the power we yield the power we ask to be poured upon our leaders, the difference and the impact we make in their lives when we pray for them, when we pray for our parents, for our spouses, for our business partners, for our bosses, for the CEOs of the companies with whom we work, for our government leaders, for the leaders of our church. Think about the power that we yield and that we bring upon all in society when we pray for those leaders, when we pray for their families, for their work, for their health, when we pray for their spirit, for their vision, for their stamina, that they would seek and hear the wisdom of God. See, when we pray that way, it is truly a special gift that we lay at their feet, that we pour upon their heads when we pray for those who lead us. When you open the newspapers in the day, more often than not, it has become, the headlines have become sort of a greatest hits list of the things that break the heart of God. We look at them page after page, headline after headline, we see the brokenness of the world, the things that break the heart of God, and we may say, surely it doesn't have to be this way. And that's what we need to pray for. See, while our prayer can confront and defeat the ills that face our world, we can pray for real change, we can pray for peace, for healing, for human dignity. We can pray that not only these things happen, but that our actions make a true difference in the world. We can pray that our hearts are listening to where God is calling us to live, to work, and what to do. That's on a macro level. But on a micro level, on a personal level, our prayers make real change and a difference. Think of the people in your lives, in your closest sphere of influence. Think of the people who are broken and who are hurting, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, mentally. Think of the brokenness and the unease and the illness that's in there. You see, we can make a difference in our lives when we pray for them, when we lift their names up to the heavens and say, God, you are the great physician, only you can heal them. But imagine the impact we make on their lives when we share with them 
that we're praying for them. There's a group of folks in our church who gather on a monthly basis and they like to knit and they like to pray. And so they knit these prayer shawls. As you see some of these here on the altar rail, this one here in my hand, they pray over these shawls as they knit them. Now they may look a little bit at first like a common blanket like you might throw on the back of the couch to watch TV in and wrap up in, but these are not those. Oh, these are special. Because these have been knitted with love, prayed over with fervent prayer. So imagine that person that you're thinking of, if you went to them and told them that you were praying for them, but you also brought them one of these prayer shawls and said, I want you to know you are not alone. I am praying for you. My church is praying for you by proxy. This blanket has special power. This is a prayer shawl, so when you wrap up in it, you are not just putting a blanket on. You are being blanketed in prayers, surrounded by the loving arms of God. Because my church believes in the power of prayer. And we believe that prayer can be good for you. You so see, we have these prayer shawls. Anyone can take it. You don't have to take it for a church member. You can take it for a friend, a neighbor, someone in need. We've got some here on the altar rail today. If you have someone in your life for whom this would be a great benefit to be wrapped in the arms of God and showered in prayer, pick one up at the end of worship. Take it to them. Tell them you are praying for them. Your church is praying for them. If maybe today you don't know of someone, but next week you do, all you have to do is go down to the parlor here on the first floor of the, of the sanctuary building to go down there and in the chest there are a whole slew of these. Pick one up, carry it to them and say, I am praying for you. We are praying for you. Because when we're praying for each other, it is truly a special gift that we give. The band U2 is one of my favorite bands, and they've got a song out of their Joshua Tree album that I love so much. The title of that song is I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, and it chronicles someone's search for meaning in life, for purpose, that they are trying, they're just looking for something more to life than what they are wandering through. See, I think there are people in our community and people around us that are doing that as well. They're searching for meaning, for purpose, for community. What I really think they're searching for is, I think they're searching for a relationship with God. They're searching for belonging. Maybe you know who that person is. Maybe you know someone in your life that's doing it. They're struggling to find grace, struggling to find meaning, struggling to find forgiveness or love. Have you prayed for them? that they would find that one thing you know, that relationship with God? Have you prayed for them that they would realize that God loves, for, loves them, cares for them, and that God is waiting with arms wide open to say, welcome home, and that there is a place at my table for you? Every once in a while, I have someone come into my office and they say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm praying for my adult child. They're lost in the world. They seem to be lost. I know what they need is they need that relationship with God in this house they grew up in. They need to be back with God again. What do I do? I say, keep praying for that. 
keep praying that their heart will be open, that they will realize that God is standing there with the door open waiting on them. Keep praying for that. But the good news is that our God in heaven plays the long game in life. God is playing the long game with society ever since creation. God has played the long game with you and with me, waiting for us to say, you are my God and I am your child. And it will do the same thing with yours. All we can do is keep praying for that person who still hasn't found what they're looking for. We keep praying for them and lifting their name up. God will open their eyes at the right time. See, when we pray for them, it's truly a special gift. See, prayer is that specific action. It's a thing that you and I do. It's the utterances of our hearts. And it is, as the president said, a special gift. It costs nothing from us but our time, our focus, and the willingness of our spirit. But here's what I believe and here's what we know. We know that prayer can change the world around us. It can make our world a better place for all of us to live in. It can make our world a better place and it can alleviate pain and suffering. Prayer can bring about reconciliation and a healing in a way that only God understands. And if we believe that here in this place, then let us live that outside this place. If we believe that we can make a difference in the world in our prayers, then let's start today. As a matter of fact, let's start right now. So here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to pray with me. I will start the prayer and I will give you space to name those things that are on your heart. And let's begin changing the world right now. So pray with me. Oh God, we are your children. We are your followers. We believe that you can move mountains, that you can divide oceans, that you can deliver your children from captivity to freedom. So we pray to you this day. We pray for the people of this congregation. We pray for those who suffer or are in trouble. We pray for the concerns and issues in our community.
We pray for the world, for its people and its leaders. We pray for the church universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. We pray for the communion of saints, the wisdom that they have shared with us, and the charge they have left us with. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Amen. So we started just now, but it's not over. I ask you to join me this week in praying that prayer every day. Whether you pray first thing in the morning or in the middle of the day or at the end of the day, I challenge you and ask you to join me in that prayer every day this week. And let's open our eyes and see the difference our prayers make. The difference the prayers of a thousand of us make in our world this week. Because that's the gift that truly keeps giving to the world. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.